This machine kills fascists. Slim and lefty in the morning. <laughs> it's official. We're yeah. hired. Tell your moms to call our hogs, you lazy <laughs> sons of bitches. <laughs> We've been gone for a minute now. <laughs> God damn it. But we're, but we're, we're back. We're back. We're back, baby. Yeah. With our slogging hogs. <laughs> <laughs> what up, kings? So, the joke of January for us was hogs. Yeah. Big it, joke. It's a big joke. It's big, a big giggle gag. It's a big hog. Yeah, our gags were giggling. We said last night that we're going to refer to this from now on as the hog cast. That's right. This is the hog cast for your mom cast with Slim and Lefty <laughs> in the morning. Whoa. <laughs> it is almost the morning. It's a, it's 1140. Um, yeah. It's, it's just a, a, it's a wiener joke. It's Anton Chekhov's birthday today. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Massive hog on that guy. Dude, absolutely. <laughs> Slanging. <laughs> Slinging hog. <laughs> Holy shit! So I saw I saw improv Shakespeare with my mom. Oh, that's right. On Sunday. Oh, that's right. Really great. It's these guys are great improv artists, but also clearly like experienced repertory Shakespeare guys who just know the material. Trained nerds. Uh, a friend of ours, Jordan Matthews, shout out. Shout who, out to Jordan. Who studied improv in Chicago said they're notoriously um, douchey to the rest of the improv world because oh, really? they... Well, I guess... Because they're like, I do this they're like, fuck you, fuck you, yeah, I know Shakespeare, bitch. Like, keep up, <laughs> keep up, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I can rhyme. Yeah. How can you rhyme? And, yeah. it's, and they were... It was amazing, beautiful language. But uh, you and me joked about doing our own rendition, which would be improvised Chekhov, <laughs> and it was like along the lines of like the 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 weather's making my knee swollen, doctor. Um, will you check it after we have our afternoon drinks? Right, and kind like of a, thing. a real light graze of the knee sends yeah, everyone into yeah, tizzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like eye there's eye contact that makes the audience just like fucking lose it oh because. My God. You could do. You, we could do that. That could, could be our that. future. So uh, you guys might be listening right now and being years from now and going, "Wow, these guys created the infamous, notorious, improvised Chekhov that's now touring the world and the, the possibly the the solar system." You know. Mm. I don't know what Elon Musk is going to pull off, but I don't expect much. But we're all rooting for him. I, I could be wrong, though. <laughs> I, I think I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm the, but who knows? I could be very wrong. But, uh, <laughs> Do we want to take any shots at any other public figures before we get going? Um, oh, there's plenty of public figures to take shots at right I, now. I, yeah, I know. But, you know, this isn't a political podcast. No, our political podcast there's been is a lot the going. There's been a lot going on in the Democratic primaries, as well as the impeachment of the current President of the United States. Of course. Of which I don't have much to really say. Yeah, no new thoughts Relative there. to all the cool content we've been distracting ourselves with. Holy shit. Like the rest of America. It's hardly been a dry January here at the Hot Little Takes Hot That's true. I mean, and aside from all of the horrible things going on in the world, <laughs> we're talking about the movies and TV shows that we've been catching up on. <laughs> Mike is full morning show voice right now. I'm having a glass. <laughs> I, 
I'm ex- I was excited to come in and record tonight. Yeah, we're fucking lit. Uh, I'm, re- I'm ready for it. Your baby. energy is like is getting on me. Good. This it's, is it's this is covering this me. is the kind of energy I'm trying to bring in 2020. It's fucking It's like get energy. shit done. I've been busy. I've been a busy man. I've been a, a busy boy. I've been a busy little boy, like a little bee, and I'm bringing my honey back to the queen now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the birds are I'm, coming home to roost. I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm ready to lay some eggs. You know what I mean? Lay some eggs. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make some some uh, nice uh, hexagonal shapes with my hog, with my fat bee hog. <laughs> But we're glad you guys are back with us, too, because we've got new listeners. We have listeners that have clearly uh, left. I don't know about that. I haven't looked at the geometric. Our, our retention numbers I, are I don't know. I, I haven't looked at our numbers, but I know there's a French guy you told me. Yeah, we have a French so, listener now. Uh, bonjour, mi amigo. Yeah. Chateauneuf de Pape. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Sure. Where do we want to start? Because um, we're gonna we we watched we the, we've seen we've this. seen a lot of movies. Mike saw Mike finally caught up on a lot of the Oscar movies. Yeah, I had my second run at a lot of Oscar movies this these last couple of weeks. That's right. But we're gonna save that for next week when we Christian do the really refined his perspective so that he won't waste your time and will cut straight to the most objective. Yeah, we're coming in hard on the Oscars next week because yeah. they fucked up. Uh, well, yeah, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. The Oscars are a joke. I, I, I feel bad that I've kind of broken your, your faith and spirit in it a little bit. They break my spirit in it. The I, Oscars themselves break my spirit y- in it. You know, I, my spirit was broken long ago, but... It's funny to think of you being like a 12-year-old who like loved the Oscars. You know, um, and I hate to shit on it. And you're like, Shakespeare it, in love? But it was when I was in high school and me and all my like weird stoner comedy friends were mad about the pianist losing to Chicago. Sure, that was the one that pissed me off. That was the one that, like, we were like, the Oscars are bullshit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I rewatched The the Master last night, which is, this is 2013 Oscars, but that movie was, The Master was not nominated for picture, director, screenplay, or cinematography, which is one of the most egregious snubs I can possibly imagine. Mm. Hakeem and Philip Seymour Hoffman both also did not win for their respective I still haven't seen it. But since I'm so behind the times, I watched I Tanya for the first time. I Tanya is a good movie. Like three days ago. All about I think Allison Janney did a great job. You 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 didn't dig the performance, but I thought she was pretty terrifying. Well, that's just another one where I thought that Laurie Metcalf gave a much better supporting. And I did not. I still haven't seen Lady Bird. I apologize to Greta Gerwig, and her um, assistant uh, Noah Baumbach. We also we watched the director's roundtable from the Golden Globes. That was some shade. <laughs> Which if anyone if anyone wants to see so much shade thrown at Todd Phillips. Oh uh, yeah, Martin Scorsese's <coughs> like, I haven't seen your movie. I'm not gonna see your movie, and I'm not flattered that you just based it off of my fucking movies. Yeah, and I, put do, a fucking I do not superhero respect clown. you. I don't respect the genre. I think you're a piece of shit, and you smell like <laughs> shit. And I want you out of my face. <laughs> And then, it and really then you, is like, and then you get some nice little insight from the gentleman who made City of God, who's who's real. Oh, that guy's great. Yeah, he's, he's a, amazing. Sweetheart from Brazil. Yeah. And if you haven't seen City of God, it's probably the best movie we've ever mentioned on this podcast. I don't know if that's quite true. Well, maybe the best movie I've ever. We've mentioned. talked about a lot of movies. Do you want to? So we're going to save a lot of the movies that we talked about there that we saw that are Oscar movies, but we did want to talk and about and movies that we. Didn't see, but wanted to. But we have... In one way or another. We have one we really want to talk about, and that's Uncut Gems. That was kind of our favorite of the season, I feel like. Oh my god. I saw this twice, and I got to be there with you on the second viewing. I mean, and this has been said over and over again, that it's like one of the most high-anxiety, like, driving-pulse movies of the year. I, 
I feel like I was riding with it, though. And maybe it's because I'm an anxious person. Are you? I think internally, yes. I'm very anxious. <laughs> Aren't we all? I think I, like, play it super, super cool to hide how much I'm, like, just dealing with processing everything at the same time. <laughs> uh, and, so not like Howard. But also being, being like, a com, like, a compulsive, like, <clears throat> like, it's so easy to, like, eat the cupcake that's right in front of you. Kind of, like... Oh, wow. Okay. He's, like, it's like any addiction, like, it's... And I do have an addictive personality, and I've witnessed a lot of them. Sure. And it's like this, just feeding the satisfaction. And this movie, to me, more than anything, and I, how I've described it after watching it, is a movie about the best movie ever made about gambling addiction. Oh, I, absolutely. It's the, and I know other people said it's like the leaving Las Vegas is to alcoholism. Oh, sure. Or whatever. Oh, this yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. This is like you know what Nick Cage does in that. His character, Adam Sandler's character, Howard is doing that with his gambling, where every time he wins, he doubles down yeah. on the idea that maybe he can pay off his debts and still have something for himself, and that's how he wins. That's This is how I win. So good. You know, and that's... Him doubling down on the bet with KG. And there's, like, a logic to it that's different from other addictions. Yeah, absolutely. You know? absolutely. Like, it's not about... Absolutely. It's not about a chemical that he's putting into his body directly, but it's yeah. about it's a chemical the, the, reaction. It's, for yeah, sure. it's about a behavior that 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 creates a chemical reaction. Yes. exactly that he's addicted to. Yeah, and I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Sailor Sailor got screwed, right? Yeah, we're all we're all team Sailor got screwed. I just watched a good YouTube. Uh, I can't remember who it was, or I'd give him credit, but one of those nice. Um, uh, YouTube editorials. Sure. That was on <clears throat> how Adam Sandler really is a well-ranged actor and has done oh a lot God. of shit leading up till now that he doesn't get credit for. Right. And the fact that people were really marveled at him. You know, yeah, they, the, they really this they said how this character was really kind of the more grown-up example of what he played when he was younger anyway, which is kind of a yeah. petulant man-child. Yeah, yeah, that's true. On just doing whatever he wants. Of course. But a compelling one. Yeah, it's and a far cry from the character yeah, who plays he, a punch-drunk he, he has tantrums. Yeah. But it's still in a wheelhouse that is Sandalarian, shall we say. <laughs> we shall. Shall we? I shall. <laughs> shall we put, I shall. <laughs> would you like to put that on the Sandalarian, whoa. I love it. I love that. Uh, I, I, man, he was—he he's great. In it. He carries the thing because we've really marveled at how there's like a lot of non-actors in it. Oh yeah. And how this? this yeah, movie's... Julia Fox and all, I like, wish I could remember the, the gangster the, guys. All the name. gangster guys and and, oh, and, 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 and half of the guys that he's like. Uh, fencing stuff with and pawning the pawn guy. Oh, the pawn guy is like yeah. my boobolo. What's wrong? <laughs> you know, yeah. you keep coming back to the pawn shop every six hours. This yeah. isn't good. What are you doing? <laughs> the movie's very New York, very the jeweler, the jewelry district, the um, diamond district, the diamond district. Yeah, yeah, it's really. It's a great portrait of a. It's very a yeah, microcosm. Yeah, exactly. It's like very in a nutshell. Yeah, and he's just one of these guys doing this, but the specificity of the location kind of puts this uh, claustrophobia on the whole thing because it's because those guys can find him whenever they want to. It sure. Seems like. Well, yeah, he has to go back to his his job. Yeah, you know? and the, and he's related to the guy. It's like such a suffocating presence that well, he's fighting and, against. And that's why, like, the most iconic, I think, 
<clears throat> um, prop or space that will come out of this thing is that little in-between room when you go into the jewelry shop. Oh, where shop. they hold them? Because oh. that's meant to be a space where you protect the jewel, you know, robberies or whatever. But, right. the, you know, it, there's something very, like, thematic... Like, if we're mm -hmm. getting into, like, a, how do we read this from an, you know, is this, we're reading an English novel. And yeah, literature yeah, right yeah, now. yeah, yes. This is, is literate, <laughs> is in a literary way, like, that that room represents his kind of keeping this barrier between, like, re the reality of what he's, the shit yeah, he's getting himself right. into, and his faith and fantasy that he could still win and still beat all of this. Yeah. And his, like, kind of hero's... Uh, his deranged hero's journey that he's gonna be the <laughs> guy that he's that yeah and you're rooting and you do root for him you know absolutely and that's why the end is devastating oh yeah because you kind of oh, know yeah. for you know the entire finale that like this isn't gonna end like even if he does win like even if he does win this money in this game like he set himself up to like not be forgiven for that yeah and, yeah, but you don't really process it when you're watching it. You're still like kind of rooting for him, and you're still oh, like, yeah. if he does that, he can pay his debts, and he'll have something for himself, and yeah. he'll do what he's been trying to do the entire time. He's double down, double down. Yeah, and that's where that tension comes from. You know, you're watching it. You're. It's like watching someone doing something amazing at a casino, and you're like, oh, there's sure. no way that they can go five. Yeah, five out of seven. Yeah, right, and you're like, there is a crash coming. Yeah, yeah, but it yeah. keeps going and. And what's you know, I've never been around in person for a, for a real casino run. <laughs> no, that's like a romantic thing. Like, like it has to happen out there though. Like, I'd love to be in that room someday. Have you seen Run Lola Run? Yeah, like that's how the the right idealized version of that ends. Is she wins all this money and uh, she rolls some craps or whatever? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you seen Rounders? Or no, it's Roulette. Is it Roulette? Yeah. yeah. Have I seen what? Rounders. Sure. The card, sure. Like it's sure. it's great subject matter. You know what I mean? That movie the, also depends on John Malkovich's Russian character loving <laughs> Oreos to, uh, to as a big plot point. Yep, yes it does. <laughs> oh, an outlandish. That's your tell, is that you eat your Oreos differently. <laughs> an and, and John Malkovich, Malkovich looks at his Oreos in surprise and like hurls them against the wall. <laughs> like he never suspected that anyone would crack his code <laughs> as this notorious poker player. That was my only... And I, I, I is it a complaint? Like, or is it a no, it's actually. I think, in my opinion, makes the movie better. Yeah, oh yeah. It's a. It's a really silly it's, movie. It's, it's very. It's heightened. Reality. Yeah, it's very of the late '90s or whatever. Yeah, it was they're made. like, you're gonna be in a Tarantino 90. movie. Yeah, you're gonna be a Russian poker guy who likes Oreos, <laughs> which is a very Tarantino description of a character. Totally, totally. Where were we? Thing you can tell that those guys had been refining that script for ten years. That yeah. they were like ready to just like pounce all over the the thing, you know what I mean? It has a it has a very masterful touch in its yeah, and it's and it's pacing and the look of it. I mean, we've talked about, I think before about just the the texture of their images are different than a lot of things that you see these days. Like it has a very the whole movie kind of glints like uh, when you're looking at a shining jewel or something. Totally. There's a little bit of like yeah, the lighting in that thing is um, very uh, like yeah, it's just numbing. It's kind of blown out a little all yeah. the time. Or it's so dark, like the apart the apartment that he, the Julia Fox lives in until she moves out is like pitch fucking black in there. 
Yeah. Which is such, I don't know. And then, and like his, uh, the room that he's with his family in where they're all smoking cigars is like a black room and they're, and they're watching yeah. the Knicks. His son's bedroom with all of the toys on the wall and stuff where he's just like dunking a basketball. Oh man. That room is like completely black. Him and his black. son just like getting amped about who's going to win and who's going to lose knowing this character has tens of thousands of dollars on every fucking game every day like this guy's It'd just It'd be so weird knowing your dad is making these And, and he's go- and he's going through this <laughs> while he's going through this divorce and like you know this money throwing around in this showboating and stuff is hiding like that this guy is it, you know I could see this being like a Wall Street movie if it were a little more if it were the Anglo version it'd be the guy like I'm just like throwing money around left and right and I don't know yeah. it's crazy and, right but I'm you know looking like a badass or right. whatever right if uh, the Gentile version yeah was, what's the what's the Joker guy's name I forgot if Todd Phillips made that movie sure <laughs> yeah if, if, and he's like it's like it's gonna be like American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun game to play. Is like how would Todd Phillips describe like, ruin this? You could do the same thing with the guys who made uh, Game of Thrones. Where you like, you were like, like we're gonna we're gonna make the thing and then like make a really shitty fucking ending. We can play that. that we can play that game when we talk about the the new Pope later. Sure. <laughs> like, sure. If, how would they just steer that show off the cliff? Oh God, I don't, that's a horrible thought. It is a horrible. It made me sad actually thinking about it. All that. right. Luckily, we don't have that to worry about. Yeah, Adam Sandler definitely got fucked over, but fucked over. You know, I think he's gonna get more work like this, and I think that those directors are gonna do a lot of shit. And he's the kind of guy that they would just bring back anyway, because he he he'd be happy to work with them again. Yeah, you like. can. Yeah, you can tell that that clearly that went well. Yeah. <laughs> And they're gonna expand their thing. They're gonna. I think they're maybe like the millennial Cohen brothers we're seeing kind of emerging. Sure, sure. Maybe I fuck with them. Prediction. I don't know. Hot take. I don't know. Hot, t- hot take. I don't Who know. Knows? Maybe they'll do something horrible and it'll blow itself up. And it'll that be would like suck. There's been so many. One. It was a thing. good year. I think that we talked about this maybe when we saw it. That it was a good year for people's second movies. That was like their kind of second main release. Oh yeah, it's the sophomore album Yeah, and everyone did, like Ari Aster, Midsommar was so good and The Lighthouse is so good and Little Women was so good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You're right. I think I think I I'm never for, saw, I'm forgetting I a couple. I didn't see the Sad Safety Brothers first movie. Good time. Yeah, but I really liked the balloon short. Yeah, the black balloon short I was, was awesome. I was like, these guys are very inspired uh, that's a they've got that they've up. got their style and it's that kind of thing where like artists kind of hone their whether they're drawing or they're acting or whatever like they find their their voice you know writers find their voice yeah um, yeah and those guys do have a very they have a, they have a voice yes they do and and it's and the, they have style and I, yeah like, I'm always looking for it's something like finding style, an, it's dude. like finding an author and you're like I like that book I want to read another book by that guy yeah yeah or those guys. I guess we're talking about everybody. Those all those people credit card. Sure. You know. That's the probably best example. I don't know if we want to get too into that when this episode. No, we no, we won't. We'll talk about but that next of time. like literary to the adaptation. Totally. Like totally. you know, because I have a lot of opinions on adaptation, and that movie did a really a, cool thing. A really cool adaptation. It's an it's de- it's an adaptation, and it's adaptation. You know, not. Fair. It doesn't, but it's but it like 
owns it and does oh, very good and things. relishes it. It's it's so fucking good. Yes, <laughs> I'm not giving spoilers about how I feel. I about can't. I don't want to tell the story <laughs> yet, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah, that movie's fucking wonderful. Um, last thing I want to say about Uncut Gems on the acting front and talking about. I hope we see more of this person. I want to see more of my boy Kevin Garnett in movies, man. <laughs> yeah, he I, he's job. so good at it. <laughs> he's so good at it. You gotta understand what a great experience it was to watch a movie where the... the Isn't soul, he your favorite He's my favorite player? basketball player of all time. <laughs> and to see him be the centerpiece of this already bitchin' movie, it was like... Feels like someone wrapped a package and put it on my doorstep. Oh, like, <laughs> like this is, this is made. And, and, oh but, my god. But you know, that's like, uh, that's like an untapped, maybe like demographic. You could say yeah. if you were like in the marketing department, be like, why is this movie doing good? You're like, yeah. well, there's guys who kind of dig like sports and like who <laughs> dig the idea of like yeah. glamour as a downfall and hubris. And it's, there's like a, it was like watching kind of like a, biblical story unfold a little bit you know it, yeah, yeah it has that kind of um or or a mythical thing what of is like this guy this guy it? flew too high and icarus kind of vibe yeah 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 beautiful movie <laughs> beautiful movie beautiful movie beautiful what else what else do we want to bang through before we take a break do you want to talk about that david lynn short Oh yeah, <laughs> we can take a break. After oh this. man, yes. I love when you like. I love when you like uppercut me with weird little things. You're like, I know you watched this. That David Lynchor was fucking bonkers. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> Just and shouts to David Lynch for dropping a short on his birthday. What a cool guy. And I bet he like fucking did that by himself in a matter of, like. A season, like maybe a couple months, so he's sure. just sticking around. He's like, "Hey, you know, we got a couple more scenes with the monkey. Bring him by on Saturday, and <laughs> I saw something. On we'll Twitter. get the singing bit. <laughs> you want, you should explain what the thing is. I, th I mean, I think if people don't know what it is, you're crazy. But it's it's a 17 minute black and white short of David Lynch as kind of a detective character interviewing a monkey that he suspects of having killed someone. And the monkey speaks with the with a with, you know with a, little, with a pretty cheaply Lynch. animated mouth speaking with, with for him. David Lynch also playing the voice of the monkey with like a weird voice, like a weird southern accent. It's so strange. I saw a thing on Twitter earlier that apparently that monkey is the monkey that, and I don't recall this because I'm a Seinfeld guy, but. Uh, are you gonna say friends right now? Yeah, so that There's monkey. There's no way it's the same monkey. That's apparently the same monkey. It's been 20 years. I don't know. Wow. I don't know how fucking long that's actually. <laughs> but someone said that they were like, I. This kind of adds a layer to the film for me because that monkey's seen shit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like that kind of. You kind of just hit me with that information on an emotional level. <laughs> You're like, wow, that monkey was like a baby when they made it back then, because he does kind of look. Like, he's a little old man. Is like the character's like, I'm a. Like, I'm, I'm a considerably small like, man. I'm a small man and I've had a long hard life. It's is like. <laughs> I, I didn't kill that woman. <laughs> and then David Lynch will be like, you are you going to furnish your coffee? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like nonsense half the time. Oh, my God. And just kind of like the dream, you know, my, I was saying, you know, I imagine David Lynch woke up and he's like, I've been having a dream about being at a train station and, a, and a, <laughs> I'm, t I'm interrogating a monkey. <laughs> you know, it's very, very weird and specific. And I would encourage everyone to seek out the picture of David Lynch and his family, which is like his wife and four kids, and they're all smoking cigarettes. 
Yeah. It's so funny. That's, that's sounds like a beatnik. It's like Adam exactly Stanley what you would vibe. expect. When I heard that there was a new David Lynch short on Netflix about him interviewing a monkey that he suspects is having killed a chicken or whatever, it was almost exactly what I imagined. Yeah. I don't want to spoil the end of that. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did Netflix do more of that stuff? They had a Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson short film come out over the summer, too. Yeah, too. They're doing a good job. If there were a category that popped up that was like crazy short film experimental stuff, I would be all about just like scrolling through those. You know, like modern criterion, IFC, when it was back in its day kind of vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I I mean, when you see guys like Paul Thomas Anderson and David Lynch doing it, you're like, I absolutely want an eight minute thing by them. That sounds great. Sure. You get a little David Lynch as a treat. Did you enjoy this, David Lynch? <laughs> mm, um, delicious. Speaking of Netflix, do you want to? Do you have any? I guess we. You kind of brought up the circle. Oh. And you. Did you finish and it? And you tricked me into. I. T- I told you that I skipped the last three episodes. Oh, that's in the right. House and just <laughs> and just fast forwarded through like this. The spell of the I've, circle. I've tricked. I've tricked several people into getting addicted. And the kind of this. The spell kind of wore off on that's me. That's exactly how the show works. By the end, <laughs> you are like exhausted as much as everyone who participated in it, and you were like, "This is an exercise in what futility our entire." social media existence <laughs> and capitalist existence and like our own egos and personas and how we relate to each other it's just a complete fucking disintegrated deconstructed yeah. mess <laughs> it's like everyone's mis- it's like an everyone play. everyone's like <laughs> crying and clapping just because they're like can we please go home now <laughs> by the end of how it, long were they there ultimately did they did they say i imagine I imagine decades. Years. I imagine like. <laughs> I imagine it took I imagine years. Can you imagine if they did the circle ten for five years, fucking years? Ten years later, and they're like, "You're gonna win a hundred thousand dollars." But guess what? That'll buy you a pack of cigarettes now, bitch. It's been ten years. Ah! <laughs> that's like David. That's like David Chappelle. That's great stuff. Oh my god. That's like the that's like the Charlie Kaufman version of the circle, like as a movie, where they have to play it for twenty five years. It's been twenty five years. Oh my god. We shouldn't give these ideas away. Uh, you know, we've got ideas for days. It's like a, that's why everyone comes it's like here. Deconstructed Truman Show. That's why it comes here to the slim and lefty in the morning show, for the for just the revelations of simulacra. Oh my god. Oh well, should we take? Should we take a break there? Is there anything else? Any other jabs you want to get in there? Now we should come back and finish up our little uh, thoughts on Jeopardy goats. Oh, Jeopardy goats! Should we maybe do that now? I mean, we were both vote. We were both running for Ken Jennings. Yeah, well, I think we should take a break. Okay, all right. I, I can take a waz. I could. <laughs> I could take a waz. <laughs> The buzzer at the 
Destin can just push it with his whole. Oh, he turned it upside. Is that what oh, is that what he did? Was upside down? No, he did like he he'd like hold his hands so he could just like push it against his other hand. Oh, okay. I think. I can't remember what the move was. I remember him being like, "This is my." He move. had a move, and I yeah. was like, "But it didn't save him." Did I it? I was like, "I don't think the moves matter as much as knowing the goddamn answer." <laughs> yeah, that's really that's really what did him. Well. Cause it'll lose you money. Yeah. If you're wrong. Yeah, we were just before we came back, we were discussing just the, cause the, I forget her name, but the previous two day champion lost today, and she could have won the game, but she. If you miss a couple down the stretch... It's like knowing when to bet and when to hold. And I think that she... I think that she may have missed a Final Jeopardy... No, she didn't miss a Final Jeopardy... Or a, a, a Daily Double. But the other guy got a really tough one. And after you miss a couple and they get a big Daily Double, you're like... You know. Yeah. Get in your head. You're fucked. You get in your head. It's quicksand. So, um, just like being a pitcher, man. So you you brought up how James, once he started kind of floundering, he'd really kind of mm. he'd really get in his head. Yeah, he totally edge, shuts down. You know, and once Ken Jennings started doing his, he started just aping like the I'll go all in like. And, oh yeah! And, once that became the way, he's, he's yeah. like, not only am I ball, well, like, am I willing to be ballsy with the bets, but I actually know more of the answers than you do. Yeah, you know, and James, Jennings is the goat, and James fucking. <laughs> Yeah. He cracked. Yeah. What was the other guy's name? He crumpled. Edith. <laughs> stupid, stupid Edith. Fuck out of here with that guy. Uh, you know, God love him. God love him, but... God love him. You hate to see it. What are you supposed but... to do with Ken? No, you don't. So, we... I, I'm gonna sit mention this for a second time, because I think that you're right. I, I hope that Ken Jennings is the successor to the Jeopardy host throne. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't like to talk about what this. If, what if that was the secret prize to the goat? Dude, if they had said that that's what it maybe, was... Maybe. Cut all this out. Cut all this out. Alright. I mean, what else What else do you have to say? Because, I mean, that, I, I do wish that that could have gone on for longer, but that was that was the ball to win them all. And it was it lived up. Yeah. Could have stood to see one more game. Also, what, here's yeah, what we should mention. I would have liked it if it went on to build more tension cinematically. But it was also like, yeah, you know, everyone kind of knew this going in. Like, Ken, Ken was, and it still is, the best Absolutely. at that game. And also, I forgot this, but when it happened, this was huge. James probably should have won that game, but missed one of the easiest Final Jeopardy questions I've ever oh, seen. Oh, what was it? That's it, right. It was which Shakespeare character That's has right, the most has the most speeches that is not a titular character? Iago. Obviously, Iago. You and I knew that. I knew that, but like my mom didn't know that. <coughs> James should know. James's answer was Horatio, which I think is was fucking terrible. Pitiful. It seemed like pitiful. That, it seemed like, answer. I was like, man. Is James, like, notoriously bad at Shakespeare? Is that a thing that they hadn't uncovered and found his Achilles heel at that moment? Where he's like, I fucking hate Shakespeare. You know? And that, shit. in itself, is Shakespearean. Bum, bum, bum. That was good. And King Kenneth shall reign <laughs> as rightly was destined. <laughs> oh, for a Kenifier. Oh, for a Ken of Jen. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're off the rails on Jeopardy. What else did we want to talk about? Should we talk? Uh, 
Curb is so good. That's not a great right segue. Curb is great. I don't, who cares? This is our show. <laughs> and if you don't like it, then Hog. you must hate America. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like hogs, clearly. Curb your enthusiasm is back. <laughs> I might cut all that. <laughs> that was a terrible segue. <laughs> no, I like it. I, I liked it. I think Curb Your Enthusiasm is the kind of show that lends itself to that kind of disgruntled, <laughs> awkward uh, behavior. I have laughed harder at those first two episodes than I've laughed at a lot of things. Well, we were talking a about lot of things. Oh, it's the first this Curb. I think to frame it, you know. We know that this show is willing to just take years off. They're, they're not mm-hmm. on a schedule. And it reminds me of the story you told me about what Larry David said to the guys from It's Always Sunny. Oh, right. yeah. Where he's like, don't cancel your show like Seinfeld did. Just take a break. Yeah. And I think he really does adhere to that philosophy. I love that. So this is the first time that this show's been back since the Me Too scandals and since the election of Donald Trump. And it's also the first... Since uh, Bob Einstein died. That's right. Yeah, he's not Such in Such a great it. character he was. They haven't addressed that yet. No, they might not. But they definitely addressed Trump and the Me Too movement <laughs> yes, immediately. They, yes, they do. <laughs> they, they were like, you know, because some shows will just pretend everything's hunky-dory, like we're not living in some sort of insane fucking hellscape of, right. uh, of a time period. But right. not Curb Your Enthusiasm. Not Curb. No. They, they find ways to make both of those things hilarious for our main boys. Because they the, the best joke is that they point out that Jeff Garland does, yeah. does is... kind of look like Harvey Weinstein. He's a big, fat Jewish guy. I'm not him. I'm not him. Like, it's... I'm, I've been getting it all the time. Jeff Garland has been my MVP of the first two episodes. He's so... I'll eat whatever the fuck I want. Oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> he, he's a he's such a great like partner to Larry because he kind of has to deal with Larry, but he also like gets him and is like yeah yeah and like Larry makes up. a great a partner out of anyone. I mean his scenes with uh, JB Smooth were like yeah. <laughs> so, Leon is one of the most incredible characters yes that I've ever seen. Like instead of having them, it's like the same with Jeff and. It's like the few people that understand where Larry's coming from, instead of just being off put by his insane obsession right. with the pettiest minutia of interactions or right. expectations or whether through his own idiocy or just circumstance. You know, sometimes it's like he's trying to get the um, pigs in a blanket and the girl thinks that oh he's trying God. to harass her and he reaches towards her <laughs> and grabs her and... But then other times Larry's just obstinately being like a fucking ass about something <laughs> that he won't let go of. Like, he just won't let go of it. Yeah. He's gotta have. Yeah. It's always about scratching the itch, I suppose. Yeah. He's kind of a sociopath. good formula. <laughs> he's kind of like a hilarious sociopath or something. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be pleased to hear that. Oh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about Curb. Curb rules. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to tell anyone that Curb is good. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's back. Yeah, it, and it's still fucking hilarious. Yeah, I don't know if you want to say anything about that Avenue shot, uh, Avenue Five show, but oh, it's not, Avenue Five. Not as funny. I've watched the first couple episodes. I'm curious. I looked it up. Like the the guy who created it is like Italian. It's, it's or something. I, it's Iannucci. He's British. 
Oh, British. He made Veep and he made Death of Stalin. I wonder if all those people like signed up being like, oh, this is going to be good and didn't read it. Yeah, I'm curious. Well, and it seems like it could be good. It just kind of hasn't found its feet yet. Like, it might have been yeah. the kind of thing where... Yeah, maybe the, I think that's fair. Like, one of those shows where the first episode should be like a, a longer movie where they introduce the whole concept and scenario. Sure. It's, it's tough with a half hour. We're, yeah, it's not at the point where you still kind of know where everyone's standing. The show, totally. the show is basically like a space cruise gone awry. Yeah, and kind of shitting on on the idea of space cruises and that well, sort of thing because it takes place in like forty years, but it's like yeah. Star Trek vibes. Yeah, but they don't have the shit together, so it's a little bit like Veep or Silicon Valley or yeah. It definitely, it definitely, it's clearly the guy who created Veep doing yeah. it. You know, it has the a very similar. Um, it's it's not Photography. the, the laughs to uh, plot ratio aren't really enough to make it a great comedy in my like from what sure. I've seen so far like sure. I'm just Seriously. not like ha 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 I'm just not like ha, I'm not ha, going ha. I'm not watching it going ha you know <laughs> I'm, I'm watching it going hmm hmm, hmm. <laughs> you know so you get closer to the mic I went. Huh. Huh. Wow. Hmm. This is like bizarro version of Weird our... choice. <laughs> We're making weird choices right now. Do you want to talk about choices? That's a good segue. I never want to talk about choices. I just like to let the choices make themselves, man. I'm, I'm a Pisces. Hell yeah. <laughs> Should we get on the Pope? Let's get on to the real, the real matter at hand. Yeah. How do we want to attack this? Well, it's kind of rough that we've had to take such a long break because we've now watched the first three, three episodes, episodes of yeah. The Young Pope. The New Pope. The New Young Pope. <laughs> the Hot New Pope. The Hot New Young Pope. Two of them there are. Yeah. Of whom there are two. That sounds better. How do we want to get in here? It's incredible. Yeah. The f Which is, seems insufficient. It's... It's, um... We're such, like, huge fucking fans of the first season, and now watching the second season, I'm like, I'm a huge fan of this, of this storyteller that we're watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the first season was so carried by Lenny Bellardo and Jude Law. Right. And we've watched three amazing episodes in the same universe with some of the same characters, but he is... He, the, the attention he is, is very absent. Oh yeah, so the the attention is very divvied. You you follow you follow. It's like a bunch of little one act plays happening inside of these and episodes. That, and that's why we were talking about like, is it? It's not a se It's not the second season. It's a new show a little bit. It's like yeah. It's like reading a, a a sequel to a novel. Absolutely. Where you're like, oh, this is focusing on a different character in the same universe or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It has the like austerity of something like that. It really does feel immersive, mm -hmm. the way that a novel can feel when you're, you know. But it's also following Voyello initially, kind Oof. of because we don't yeah. even we don't even meet our new pope until the second episode. So John Brannock's the entire first that. episode is just Voyello dealing with. We just wheeling and wheeling and dealing, wheeling and dealing, trying to figure out who the new pope will be. Well, trying to become, trying to become. And the I pope. think we should give a little, have a little discussion about Father Tomas. We got to talk about Tomas. Well, but this is what we were texting about as we watched the third one last night. That just the the characters in this show are so much more finely drawn and like 
living and breathing and so like vibrant and and unpredictable than any characters I've seen in anything, film or television. I mean, every one of those characters explodes inside of the thing. You know what I mean? There's and there's something about the man of the cloth quality of all of them where sex isn't an issue until it's a huge issue because of their lifestyle, and we see that a right. lot in these first ones. And just the, the private nature that they all have makes all of their personalities, like... Well, the, swell in the such kind in of such like, an interesting way. Like they all vibrate. It's like a mafia facade kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because there's a lot of scenes where they're just like <clears throat> in this last one when the two nuns go and ask the father for help with one of their ailing mothers and he Oh my god. And he makes a phone call to another father talking about going out and like seeing a show and getting pizza and Yeah, stuff. the tickets he just offered and them. He's but like, and the he's nuns. like, I'll do my best, ladies. And they're all just like very like and he goes up to Boyello and he goes, any other information? And he goes, no. Oh, I know. He's like, no. Nah. And you feel such fury because you're like, Boyello would not like that to be unattended. Yeah. Because we, we, we know deep down but, that Boyello but all has of these a very tender heart. But all of these guys have very different Agendas. ethical codes or yeah, whatever. Yeah, totally. Totally. So the first episode and their initial... Instinct is to give father. There's a there's a standoff Tomazzo, yeah. be, between Voello and basically Voello without his mole, who's like <laughs> the exact opposite of him. It's a very strange choice, but there's a lot of strange choices that you Still just ride Orlando, with. Man. And it's the same actor, and you're like, this is the same guy. There's like the two of the same guy, but <laughs> everyone's voting against them, and they're they're the two potential new popes. And they can't break this tie, so they decide to make poor little Father Tomas, who's very meek, and they think so. Um, they think, yeah. They think he'll be um, subjective to them, or or that's not the word, submissive to them. And he immediately creates an agenda of like giving away all of the church's wealth. Yeah. Scenes <laughs> scenes of them weeping as they put their gold rings into yeah. containers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get too in, into like the plot resuscitation, but the severity with which the issue that they're dealing with about finding a new pope, <laughs> this he just like skyrocketed the stakes with that. Open, like yeah, like we're gonna crown a, we're gonna commence a pope and kill a pope immediately in sixty five minutes immediately, and you're like and and still have not even brought in the actor we are expecting because yeah. we all know John Malkovich is going to be yeah. the new pope, but. We we don't meet him until a good portion into the second episode when they yeah. go to his estate. Yeah. And he's mysteriously lounging in a windowsill <laughs> like a cat dressed like Purple Rain. Like Lady Mary. With like... mascara on and just being like this weird... Enigma. Idea. Like <laughs> this, Yeah, he's got this idea of like idealized... Beauty and love mm. as godliness, mm -hmm. but but merely conceptually and how you know to embrace that concept. Yeah, but he's not like, really he's the like your... but he's but he's like kind of unloved and unloving. Yeah, he's like Byron as the pope. Byron as yeah, the cardinal. Yeah, totally. He's this British poet, <laughs> and they're like, "How did you turn all these Anglicans into Catholics?" And he's like, "I talked to them about golf and." Manchester United and the way women cross their legs. Good accent work for Malkovich in this one. Yeah, and we were talking about how it's funny that 
Malkovich is playing a Brit and uh, Jude Law play plays a, the American. Yeah, play American. I like that. I, I think that that's intentional. There's also a point in the latest one where oh, the, yeah. she point blank looks at him and says, and this is like being John Malkovich vibes. I know. She so goes, good. you remind me of my favorite actor, John Malkovich. <laughs> and I was like, and he says, I didn't see the resemblance. Oh my God. <laughs> what, a, what an insane choice for them to make. But it also is like, this is the one actor you can kind of get away with that. Because like, John Malkovich, John Malkovich, John Malkovich. He can be that representation of the ever-recursing thing. Of, like, it, it works. It makes sense. I love him. You know? I love this show. I do too. And we were... Cause we were... <laughs> He, he's fitting in. He's taking up the... He really does fit in. He wears he, the show like he's love. They're like, you it's need, a very you tricky need, tone. You need to be kind of mythical and larger than life because yeah. that's what Jude Law was being. And and he's doing it. Like, no other character... Right. It requires that. that. It has the Shakespearean stakes of people that are just living on a kind of different stratosphere of... And there is this really foreboding, lingering thing that they've been cutting to a lot. This sort of... The ghost... No, not the well, the well, the ghost, obviously, but the these these sort of like religious wars that they're dealing with. Oh, and how there's like a faction that is still aligned to Pius in his deathbed, and sure that there's all the fractures are happening all right. Well, I mean, in this up in this last episode, there was that really dark sequence of the like the movie theater where all the nuns and priests had been shot by a. 10-year-old armed with an AK-47. Like, that stuff is going to come to roost in this... Yeah. You know, that's going to be... There's a lot of political unrest. There's a lot of... I think of, there's a lot of dark stuff down the line. The show... and <laughs> There's a lot of characters they're introducing that are like these weird gangster priests plotting and working with these different guys who look like they're politicians or businessmen or have right. some different and way, agendas and expectations yeah. and, and the way that they're attached to your two primary women in the show the press secretary and esther right you know it's a those are both of those things are direct lines to your 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 living pope and your uh and your life support yet pope. to be resurrected pope <laughs> yeah well god you know and i was thinking about <coughs> Just if we're talking brief predictions, even if Lenny dies, this is the kind of show where they have not written out the possibility that he is actually resurrected from death. Sure. <laughs> like, absolutely. Nothing well, that they do with Lenny is going to surprise me. Well, so we've been sending each other funny texts about this stuff, and you joked about there being Lenny as like a ghost or spirit that influences other people and mm. with it literally immediately like in the second episode he's doing that when oh get, yeah like he's when they're in John Brannock's estate he's uh -huh. he's ghosting on everybody yeah you see it in the scene with the drunk priest Lenny <laughs> Lenny coming to kind of like cradle him as he's in bed yeah though and the but there is something really touching about the way that Lenny weighs on their hearts. The, the the picture that it paints of Lenny's impact on all these people in the world after his right. turn at the end of that first season with his... I forgot that, well, and his, the fact that his letters get published clear, in the New Yorker. He's like, clearly it was very like, cool. He's gonna <laughs> move. He's still part of this story, like, intrinsically. Yeah, he is part of the They fabric. cut to him in the last episode and you see, like, a tear rolling down his cheek. And you're like, okay, like, he's definitely... Don't forget about him. 
you know, he's no. not he's not done yet. No, it looks like in this next episode. What uh, if he's like fucking all fucked up and weird and different and Oh my god. Like he's got like <laughs> serious brain damage and shit like ah, that. Jesus. I mean like, the, who the fuck knows? The door is wide open. Because, I mean, I mentioned earlier that the characters are unpredictable. The, uh, the, that's bad. The weird. direction of the narrative is very unpredictable. Like, I mean, we obviously know that Malkovich was going to uh, take the papacy. But the the way that we get there and the, the unpacking of all of the characters that, that inform these decisions is unlike anything I've ever seen. <laughs> The way that the the tone is shifting, especially like it gets, it can be so austere and and kind of brimstone just be, inherently because of the religious nature of it. But it can be like aesthetic. it can be mad, yeah. it can be like madcap funny sometimes. Though. Yeah, it's all like, it's all over the map. Very quickly, it's all over the map. I mean, this season it seems g- to have a clear new theme song that represents John Brannock's. I love Prince the new vibe. theme. I love the new theme. And it's and it's instead of Jude Law walking past the, his predecessors and and these biblical stories just kind of owning the screen. It's but you know that to, didn't... to like an older song. Now it's like a newer song, and these nuns just going going wild <laughs> yeah, under under some, under some cool under some cool lighting. But you know that the title sequence in the first season that we think of with the all along the watchtower and him walking on those things, that didn't start until like the third or fourth episode. Yeah, so who knows what's gonna happen now that John Brannix is is the Pope. Like we might see the next episode open with fucking John Malkovich doing his own Popely Pope. Popoly 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 Pope theme song. <laughs> I do think that at some point that all along the Watchtower music is gonna hit. Yeah, when we when and we're Jude, gonna and we're gonna when, scream when Jude Law slowly opens his eyes. I think they'll awaken him dun, to, dun, the, dun. to the to the. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I I, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> I think That's a good I think bet. I think that they will instead do this. <laughs> And then I just forced you to do some editing work. Sorry, man. Those are pretty easy. You know, that's the easy part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it, whatever whatever song they play. Yeah, this show's fucking great. Like, we, we were talking about how this guy's got, like, because the visualization is so good. We were talking about, like, Kubrick. Yeah, it has a, yeah, absolutely. But the storytelling is on a level that Kubrick never had. Yes, the the writing is is a totally different, and and it's all geared toward one central, you know, thought out thing. There's weird moments like this episode. You're like, what's the deal with this dude that fucking Esther is fucking and this little side story? But it's also like clearly going somewhere, and I'm curious. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing happens for no reason, and 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 nothing is nothing makes me like not want to see where it's going next. Absolutely. I'm, I'm constantly intrigued Absolutely. by every character. I'm wondering where the fuck Diane Keaton is a little bit. But I'm also not expecting to maybe see her at all. Maybe. I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't, but... Yeah, maybe she'll call... You think that she would be around Lenny's body? She'll be on the phone call when Jude Law's like, I'm awake. <laughs> I'm a monster. <laughs> and she's like, Lenny, I am... In the United States, I, I'm not going to make it to the season, but I'll, I, I'm here for you, Lenny. I'm, I'm here for you, baby. Oh, I love you, Lenny. 
and he's like, rah, and we hear. You think this is gonna happen? And, and then, and then we hear, and then we hear. Just two little country kids outside <laughs> <misbehaving>. <laughs> You can put whatever you want. There. I'm gonna play the other with the Andrew Bird one, the happy guitar yeah, play one. Play whatever you want. You want. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun game to like. <laughs> Just be fans of all of the soundtracks. Sure. There's some weird shit in this, and I was there's songs where you're like, this is. I wonder what kind of rela relationship this is affecting me because this is like strange foreign Italian. Oh, the Italian punk music. song they played was like pop music and stuff. Yeah, the the credit sequence in this last episode of Esther and that weird guy dancing to that. That's cute. Song is uh, the one before that was that weird gangster guy just watching his like hot girlfriend dance in a shitty little yeah uh, yeah you know, fast food joint. yeah like a euro joint or something yeah yeah. <laughs> The imagery in the show is just Amazing. chef's kiss well, all that's around. The thing with Do they just build a fucking Vatican model? I don't know. We have not done our research in the production because I think it might... Be, we're just really on the... We're really in the boat right now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and and I don't know what... I don't want to know how deep that water goes, man. Yeah, no kidding. I just want to get out of this boat alive. We'll get down this river <laughs> and see God and see God and be baptized <laughs> in his name. Season one has I a must. has a, has a has a clear reference to Boulder being the Garden of Eden. Remember that? That's right. <laughs> At least in Lenny's mind. In, in Lenny's mind. I forgot about that. That's because everything comes back to us, man. We're the center of the universe. <laughs> Yeah, that's what everybody thinks. That's what everybody in Colorado does yeah, think sometimes. They would. They would. Because they're near our proximity and they're just merely satellites. To our hogs. Uh, of our intense. <laughs> to our people Of the gravity of our intense. The intense gravitational pull of our fat fucking hogs. <laughs> uh, are we completely off the rails, you think? No, we open with hogs, and I think anyone listening to this is going to be like, they brought it back to the hogs. <laughs> Good for them. I'm plotting the hog. I know this episode is going to be one of those ones where people are like, hey, they're having fun tonight. <laughs> That's what they say. Of <laughs> and we've got plenty to talk about. We have more to talk about that we are going to have to put off because... Yeah. You know, we don't want to... I mean, we, we can... Don't, we don't want to talk much longer, We right? can riff on whatever until it dies, I guess. Ooh. We, we actually were pretty... We've never done a Rift to Die game. <laughs> what do we got? Just like hot, okay. hot buttons, quick <clears throat> ones. Um, let me think. Uh, a hunter shoots a puma, a cougar, and a mountain lion with one bullet. Holy How shit. is this possible? I don't, I don't know. Riddle me this, motherfucker. They're all the same goddamn animal. <laughs> Are you even listening? You live in Colorado. You don't know that a puma, a cougar, and a mountain lion are the same animal? You went to UCCS. Do you know what our mascot was? I. You know what it used to be? I didn't say it was a giraffe. I said it was a... Mountain lion? Mountain lion. A cougar? I always used to joke that we were the cougars. I think cougars... I used to joke about that all the time, and every once in a while someone would be like, we're the mountain lions, and I'm like, mountain lions. <laughs> cougars are definitely my mascot in college. Fucking nerd. <laughs> We were the Wildcats in high school, and we were the Cougars in middle school. We were the Manitou Mustangs. Yeah, that's better. Isn't, I don't know, I don't care. 
<laughs> I don't care either, but it's because I've always had lame. I know you and I both wish the UCCS was still the giraffe. Oh my god, dude! But clearly they it were. It would be a, so charming. Clearly they were a bunch of like burnouts living in a military town. Unlike today. Yeah, it's a bunch of like high school baseball burnouts who joined the military branded UCCS. It's so boring. If they were still the drafts, have you seen that logo? It's so fucking funny. It's adorable. It kind of looks like Toys R Us. Remember that, kids? I don't know if you do, but you won't anymore. At least you got TikTok. Yeah, that was the trade off. You know what? I take it. I take TikTok for Toys R Us. I guess so. I really liked my wrestling guys. I liked my guys. I liked all my guys. I'm not saying I didn't like my guys. It's just, I can't find any new Ninja Turtles that were in the style that I like where I really can. What else we got? Uh, I don't know. It, life's been busy, you know? Life's been crazy. Oh, I saw, I saw Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, let's talk about your... Let's, oh, you need to talk about, tell us a little bit about your, your adventure. The new, new York adventure. Yeah. I'll, I'll interview you. Okay, great. Tell me about your New York adventure. <laughs> Start at the beginning. It's a very good place to start. First night, because we had to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning again on our 6 a.m. flight. We got there. All right, here we go. Okay, here we go. I got I got a shout-out to New Yorkers, because I know that this pissed off a couple of them that I talked hey, to. Hey, listeners in New York, shout listen out. up. When you land at JFK, you have to pay fucking $8 to get out of the airport. That's the worst. And you... And you have to, like, buy a different kind of fucking Metro card to do it. And apparently, even if you are a resident and already have one of those things, you can't use that one to swipe. It's bullshit. The $8 fee to get the fuck out of JFK. Oh, thank God. That's bullshit. The first night I was there, we saw Medea at the Brooklyn Academy of Music with Bobby Cannavale. Yep. yep. Shout out. And his wife, Rose Byrne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the titular role of Anna, which is that Medea. Her name is Anna in the production. It was different. It's the same character, but they changed her name. I don't know. So why do they even keep the name Medea? So you know that's Medea. I guess so. I mean, it's a riff. It's an it's a riff on Medea. What was first? Was it Medea? No, nah, they never do that anyway. I was gonna say like was Bobby Cannavale's name under Medea, but no, it wouldn't be. It'd be above. It's Bobby Cannavale. You know. Are we talking about like on the poster? The poster's yeah, funny. Bill, billing wise. Billing wise, yeah. They, billing wise, they were billed together because they're a married couple. Together, who came first? I don't know. Probably, probably in that case, I would imagine Rose Burnwood because her name's first. And she plays alphabetically. Obviously, she plays Anna. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into the whole nuances of the adaptation of. Where does it take place? On a white stage. At their house. Are there robots? There's no robots. <laughs> what are they wearing? There is gadgets. There is there's there, gadgets. There is wait. There are gadgets. Yeah, there's gadgets. A what whole kind of gadgets. A whole well, like at one point, their kids are like making a documentary, so they're like filming around the house, and you see and you, this projected oh, you, on a screen. Uh-huh. That's very. That's being done. That's how they open it too, but there's no they camera. Did, network there. did that. Network did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of, lots of. Colleges are working on things like that. Yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it. We've talked about it. Yeah, um, and like we've seen it. Yeah, and we're starting to see the it. best. The best technical thing that happened in that show is there's this scene where, oh, you told me about this. Where it's like raining this ash, like yeah. you know, it's kind of like the end of Act Two sequence sort of thing. The and ash scene. It was fucking cool. 
I wish it had been more. I, they should have done like twice as much of it. Because there's this. Because later, later, Medea burns the house down. Her and the kids was alive. It burning ash. Like would it burn out as it fell? No, was that there a huge, that would like if it was like going orange was there to black. An incredible amount of danger involved for the entire theater. That'd be sick. Because I don't believe in safe spaces. I believe in dangerous spaces. <laughs> you know, the balcony of Brooklyn Academy of Music feels like sort of a dangerous place. It is some steep shit. Were you, did you have your glasses? I did, thank God. Yeah, I, I was kind of falling asleep. God, if I found out that you tripped and fell off a balcony in the Brooklyn Academy of Music on your trip to New York, I'd be like, <laughs> that's exactly how we'd want it. <laughs> falling on a rich person. Forget, <laughs> forgetting his glasses. <laughs> Killing the executive producer of Hamilton. <laughs> the white one. The, the, old, the, old, the old white guy, I mean. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Not one of the ladies or anything. Uh, what else? I ate a lot of pizza. Uh-huh. 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 Shout out to... What were the good ones? Favorite pizza? Louis? Did you go to Louis? The two best ones we went to, I think one of them is called Tony's in... Crown Heights, and then Tony's there's is good. an incredible place called Polito's in Astoria. Polito's in Astoria. That was good shit. Huh. That had the uh. best, uh, the best red sauce. On did the you slice. go to Louis? I did not go to Louis. Did you go to Sal's? <laughs> no, I didn't go to Sal's. I, I think did I you had, go to Polly's? I think I had seven <laughs> different slices. I think I went to a place that was called Not Ray's. Oh. In the West Village, that. it was really. Good. Did you go to Ray's? I did not go to Ray's, but I walked by Ray's. Huh? Did you go to Joey's? I didn't go to Joey's because I went to Joey's. Okay, here's one. I went to Joey's last time I was in New York. Everyone said that was the best place. It's like right by the IFC Center. Yeah, sure. Joey's. I didn't think it was that good. Joey's wasn't that good? The other ones were better. Nah. Polito's is better. Polito's is better. Polito's is better. Did you go to Totino's? <laughs> yeah, I got them from the right Aid and I made them in the hotel. <laughs> you, got, you got some Totino's. And you know what? The Totinos in New York are better. <laughs> the Totinos in New York are better. They're flat. They're really oh, I told Oh, I wanted flat to... flat you have to fold them in half. <laughs> <laughs> I told you the thing that I think is the so adorable about the pizza places in New York is that when you get a slice, they ask you if it's to stay instead of for here, like they yeah. do in other in, And then in they were like, places. please sit on my hog while you wait for your pizza. <laughs> It just seems a lot, a lot more personal and, and like more precious to say to yeah. say. Would you like a back massage? <laughs> I only got two back massages in New York, <laughs> and I gave both of them to myself. Did you go to Dino's? <laughs> he gives great back massages. <laughs> he gives great hog massages. Dino's has a great hog. He'll massage <laughs> hog. It's great. You'll love it. And then. And then I'll cook you up a fresh slice of uh, margarita. Margarita. Pies. I'm gonna put bleeps through all of that. We're doing really great. I like listening to this. I mean, I'm listening. I am listening to myself. Did you go to Fredo's? Mm-hmm. I hear. I, I hear. I, I hear. Even his mother won't go there. <laughs> He's a real disappointment. Yeah. Yep. Because he... He's a vampire. Alright, I'm, I'm done with the, the bit. Okay. We gotta wrap it up. We gotta... What else do we want to talk about? I don't know. We were, we were playing rap... Uh, oh, that's right. We're riff, running out. Riff till we die. Fuck. Well, then I'll have to change... Okay, then... Did you go to, um... Oh, to the Henson thing was cool? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Jim Henson exhibit? Yeah. Is there an Italian Muppet? That's a great question. Is, Is there, there an Italian? overtly Italian Muppet? Ralph. He was one of, so, I learned that uh, Rolf is one of, like, the older... He's her suit, that's he why. Was... <laughs> They're all her suit. Well, he's a, so spazzy. He plays the piano like Chico Marx. He plays the piano like Chico Marx. It's Italian as fuck. Uh, he was one of, Rolf was one of the oldest, like... He's one of the original... Like, the original originals. Two-actor two puppets, right? And he was one of the first ones that they, they sold, like, as a doll... <laughs> And they had one of those there. That was pretty cool. I sent you the poems that Frank Oz read to Jim Henson. Those are beautiful. Yeah, to be turned into songs and stuff. Yeah. I really... My favorite thing you sent me was the drawings of... Of Waldorf and Slater. Art guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they have, like, long legs. <laughs> yeah, it's like the concept art for them, and they're, like, these, like, actual man bodies with their goofy fucking heads on top. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, now I will never picture them without those, the image of what their legs might look like underneath. There was a full Skeksis from the Dark Crystal in there. It wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. How big was it? Uh, Jesus, not tall. Maybe three, three and a half feet to maybe four and a half feet. Oh, I guess it's because they didn't have to get the feet of the actors. They just... Those, they, they just those shot. for whites or whatever. Yeah. Fill that in. So that must have been a much. There wasn't as much stuff about the Dark Crystal. It's weird thinking about how specific those shots would have had to be, where they're like, we don't need all, whatever is out of frame. We don't actually need a fucking make. Right. Well, but now. I think that. Well, we but they build those full. I mean, those. Seem there like would be long, There'd be those shots where you'd see their whole bodies, but that might have been those guys all crouching around and scooting around on their ankles. Totally. Yeah. If I could like visit any set. In back in time, it would be some of those old Henson things I, like that. Oh, I should have I grabbed it when I was at my mom's house earlier. I found the old book, the Dark Crystal kind of companion book. Oh, yeah, that's that they right. they based a lot of that new series on. Right. And there was, so there was a bunch of puppets from that one there, and those Skeksis puppets are way bigger. Yeah. They're yeah. like, like, pr like clearly people Where are, actors are, people are inside of them, yeah. Well, and they're probably a lot, like, um... The They're probably a lot too. easier to deal with because, like, those kind, those are the kind of costumes where they'd have, like, Jim Henson's whole thing was the the technology to watch yourself performing. So mm -hmm. when they were in those big suits, they'd have a tiny little monitor that would connect to the camera that was aimed at them, so they'd know. Oh sure. Like, if I could take a step to the left, sure. I'm gonna move a step. Sure. Like it's like cra crazy, you know, upstage, downstage kind of. Right. Oh, logic. speaking of speaking of the best. <laughs> Of things that people wore. Another exhibit I saw while I was there was the Stanley Kubrick 2001 exhibit. Oh, yeah, you told me about Which that. was kind of like, I'm not like, I'm not an over-the-moon Kubrick guy, so I was like... That's a cool movie, though. It is a cool movie. But the, the coolest thing in there was they had one of, like, the monkey suits for the guys. Oh, yeah. In there, and it was kind of a surreal thing to look at. Did they have a thing where you'd, like, do acid and they'd put you in front of a weird projector and just blast you with, like, colored images? No, I was kind of hoping that that's what it was going to be. Baby. I thought that some of it was going to be a little more... Like, making out under the planetarium kind of vibe? Yeah, exactly. And it was instead, like, a lot of, like, NASA-looking documents and stuff. Yeah. Where they were, like... Kubrick, you better say that this is fictional because, by God, if we find <laughs> out that you're telling everyone that we asked you to film the moon landing, you son of a bitch, we'll tell everyone you're a <laughs> communist. 
And he just gave and him we'll some crazy you, eyes. We'll have you shot in the Yukon, you piece of shit. <laughs> Signed, Joy D. Eisenhower. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, what? <laughs> Eisenhower? And Jim Henson. <laughs> what? Jim Henson, secret op for the CIA. It all makes sense now. Definitely not. <laughs> I was really in the Henson thing. I was so stoked they were playing that short film that of his that you and I watched, that Time Out one, that's just like about how obsessed with sex he is, basically. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. And he, and he does the Kermit voice and he goes, help! <laughs> they were playing that. We and should I was, watch that. Oh, it's so good. If anyone has Criterion, look that puppy up. I hope, it, I actually don't know if it's like, it was on Filmstruck before they... Oh, that's right. Before Filmstruck basically became Criterion. It's like the vine of... Of, or Turner of nineteen sixty four. Yeah, if if Turner Classic Movies is to Filmstruck as America's Funniest Home Videos is to Vine. What's the question? The transition from cable to internet. Sure. And then where we've become today. Yeah. Where you're kind of back to your criteria. Shout out to Criterion. <clears throat> what does criteria the word criterion mean like? Some exclusive bullshit. The best. Isn't it like criteria? Criterion. The, the, I don't know. Actually, you have to pass some criteria. Yeah, it's like a hiring thing. Or is that not criteria? Uh, the criterion would you be have to, 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 to possess all those things. <clears> to have all the expected skills and qualities to, to join the exclusive brand of the criteria. They, do, they did send out dog tag badges to everyone who signed up. Dog right tags? Away. Yeah, I have it. It's the coolest. I love it. It seems like the kind of thing that they would be like, we're having our yearly Criterion masquerade orgy in the mansion in the woods. There's just a bunch of dorks pretending that they're in Iceland. And, and, and we'll vote on the best movies of. I watched the first the like 90 minutes. Forty-eight. I watched whatever. the first 90 minutes of Eyes Wide Shut the other day. I'd never seen that movie before. Really? No. That's a weird movie. It is weird. I do love that Shostakovich song they play in it, though. It was Kubrick's official last movie. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a weird flick. It's weird, and it's clear. And it's funny now because you're like that. Re- that marriage didn't last much longer after that. No, it's clearly not. like a, a part of the deterioration. Yeah, of that. the scenes were were Kidman's. I mean, I've, and I've only seen the first ninety minutes. I don't know what happened. Oh, you didn't yet. finish it? No, I haven't finished it yet. It's like fucking three hours and fifteen minutes or yeah, something. It's that's long as pro- fuck. That's the same thing. But the scene where she's yelling at him in the bedroom is like. You seem like you don't like him. <laughs> yes. You seem like this man is trying to ask... He's asked you many times to be the princess of the Church of Scientology. And you are like, no. And you're like, no. Go go fuck with Katie Holmes and ruin her life for a few years, you fucking weirdo. You weird bastard. Um, did you ever see the movie AI? That was the, the other Tom one. Cruise movie? No, the Haley Joel Osment movie. Oh, yeah. Who's the older guy in the movie, though? Jude Law. It is Jude Law. And that was the actual movie that Kubrick was working on when he Man, died. early and Jude Law. Kubrick was the one directing it, and then he died. Right. And Spielberg finished it. That movie's pretty good. That movie I remember liking a lot more than Eyes Wide Shut. I remember why. I was, like, in fifth grade when I saw that movie. You know what's on Netflix right now is The Talented Mr. Ripley with super young Jesus, Jude that, Law. I remember that being a big deal when I was... Yeah, me too. Younger, where we were like, this is just brilliant acting. This is one of the most brilliant acting I've ever seen. 
I think Hoffman's in that movie too, isn't he? Jude Law's in it. Yeah, yeah, they're all in that. Yeah, I should probably watch. We that should again. rewatch that. I don't know. I actually don't know if I've ever seen it. Aren't there a couple of Mr. I, Ripley movies? Probably. I don't know. Ripley's a thing. Ripley's a name. <laughs> it is. There are Ripley's. Sure. Look at Alien. <laughs> that's a name. No, that's her name, and that's that's Sigourney Weaver's character. I've never seen any of those movies. Ripley. Really? I've seen the first one. Did you just tell me that I have seen the first one, or you just tell me no, that you I've seen the first you've seen? <laughs> you've seen the first one. I can read your mind. I know you've seen the first one. You lying piece of shit. <laughs> Try to act like you haven't seen Alien. Try to act like you've never seen Alien. You didn't know her name was Ripley. Mm-hmm. Goddamn liar. Maybe we should start a podcast where you watch old movies. If anyone has an opinion on that, why don't you write us? Why don't you fuck <laughs> off? <laughs> <laughs> once you go fuck yourself. <laughs> but uh you know, once we get our once we get our uh Snapchat premium up and running for slim and a lefty in the morning. Oh shit, I keep meaning to make our OnlyFans account and I still haven't. You did it. promise that would be a thing, but that's why I don't make promises on this show, ladies and gentlemen, because I promise not to make promises and that's why I deserve to be your leader. <laughs> Welcome to America. Twenty twenty. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, buddy. <laughs>